Lisboa, Bruxelas, Varsóvia. Europe is us with Dino. Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us and you'll find out. I'm Dino, a Slovenian journalist working at Euronet Plus, a radio network bringing you this podcast and your host. Today's topic, trends in modern European art. Today's guest, Renske de Vries, a historian and a performance artist from the Netherlands. Renske, what have you been up to lately? Um, yeah, lately I've been uh, mostly working on my... Um, um, yeah, mostly working in the field of history um, um, during my program, Public History. And um, what I noticed is that the more kind of methods I learned about, uh, like to kind of study and analyze, uh, Uh, analyze German history, the more I also started to focus on Dutch history again to kind of like see, okay, uh, I was never that much interested in Dutch history because I always had the feeling that the kind of historical narratives they presented to us in schools or in public spheres or in museums were not as, um, that maybe parts of it were true, but at the same time that it was a very constructed idea of history, but I never knew, okay, how do I find out? But then, you know, how do I work with this? And now that I learned the methods, I kind of started to relearn um, the history of the Netherlands kind of. And I think that's like, it's not, um, uh, it's definitely not the nicest history to study. So I wouldn't say it makes me very happy, but at the same time, it really um, helps me to understand the history of the Netherlands better and also kind of understand the um, constructions of the historical narratives that um, persist in society. But you are also a performance artist, right? Performance art was for me, um, or still is, it's just because of the pandemic, I got so focused on history uh, because that's something you could do a bit more easily uh, from home that... Um, I haven't performed that much in recent years, um, but I think for me it was a very interesting way of kind of um, looking at history in maybe a different way, but also kind of, because um, I wouldn't say my performances were very historical, but maybe I would um, select or like pick a topic um, that I've been working on in history. Uh, for instance, when I, I was once on an exchange semester in Berlin, um, and then we had a course um, uh, making history, but you had to kind of make an art project out of a uh, historical um, uh, event. And then we based um, a dance performance on um, the, um, Uh, dynamics between, uh, or not, not necessarily the dynamics between East and West, but how um, newspaper articles in the Netherlands sometimes kind of speak or write about this dynamic between East and West as a kind of like push and pull relationship um, in uh, during the Cold War. So it's not necessarily about this specific history, but it was mostly about um, how is this kind of like media coverage. Uh, and then we kind of integrated this background into a dance performance. I think sometimes um, in later performances, I would take something uh, from art history or um, take some um, um, inspiration from, for instance, like uh, paintings from 1920s and then see if I could kind of like build a contemporary performance around that. I heard a little something about your performance in Rotterdam. Why was it so interesting? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, yeah, so there, there was this one um, performance. Um, 
that we did during Art Rotterdam. It was called Magnum Opus. Um, and there it was a three day um, event, uh, part of Rotterdam Art Week. And uh, there we did a performance. Uh, I worked together with a close friend of mine uh, who's a composer and uh, a performer. Uh, actually, he does lots of things. He's a musician. Uh, and um, we there made a piece around the concept of um, Machem Opus, uh, which has a very historical component in alchemy, where uh, it's about kind of the creation of gold um, in different phases. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of what is used to um, describe um, someone's oeuvre when like an, uh, a great writer dies and they speak about his Machem Opus, uh, like the biggest work uh, someone once wrote or made. Um, and we kind of want to... Um, explore this concept of it both in terms of like kind of this historical alchemy uh, and um in the sense of kind of what is what does it mean for an artist to make your great work um because you know as a as a young artist you're definitely maybe not uh, your first few works will not be seen as a magnum opus and we kind of want to play with this um yeah notion and then also um look at what doesn't imply um, if that doesn't work out because in alchemy nobody ever found the uh, way to make gold out of um, out of different uh, minerals or um, soil or so it was a process that always had to be repeated and repeated and repeated and through that we tried to reflect on um, kind of uh, goals that you um, set for yourself or society sets for society and how that kind of becomes um, a sort of um, Sisyphus, like pushing up a rock, like, you know, this kind of a, a myth, right, where he kind of pushes up the rock, and it doesn't mean that the ball, like the rock falls back, but every time you manage to push it up, there's another one, there's another one. Um, yeah. So that was a lot of fun because we asked a lot of people that we knew, a lot of creative people and artists that we knew, like a dramaturg, um, uh, a choreographer, um, various musicians to kind of work with us. And then also we gave them a lot of space to kind of make this piece with us. Renske, I have some personal questions to ask. I hope you don't mind. So if you're ready, what is your favorite memory? What is my favorite memory? Mm. Wow, that's... Um, mm. I think it was once uh, like we had a family holiday in Sicily um, and I think we had one night we had a very nice picnic on the beach because um, it was my sister's birthday and uh, or maybe I'm not even sure if it was my sister's birthday I think we just had a cake um, but yeah that was a very uh, beautiful day with the uh, sun setting and just having my loved ones around What is your worst fear? I think um well i think like when it comes to history my worst fear would be that um at some point um certain like history just kind of disappear through um or kind of not not for the people that experience it or the people that uh or their um and their children and children's children but more um that these histories are kind of lost in nationalist uh, framings of history. And that because of that, um, kind of like this um, suffering kind of continues. And what is your biggest wish? 
I think my biggest wish would be that uh, history kind of um, that like the field of history kind of loses this like Western world focused approach, um, and that the um, uh, there's just a lot more space for um, um, many many other histories where maybe the West is not even like that important or that not everything kind of like evolves around this uh, Western narration of history. Thank you, Renske. In our next regular section, The Watchdog's Perspective, we look at different topics from a specific perspective, the one of a journalist. We can connect today's topic to our next one, which mentions the new European Bauhaus as well. This project doesn't focus on architecture only, it is a platform for new artistic solutions as well. Today's comment was sent to us by Claudia Nopke, a journalist at AMS, a radio broadcaster from Bielefeld in Germany, which is also a member of the Euronet Plus radio network through which we are traveling now. Let's visit Bielefeld and Claudia. Hello everyone. The way I see it, you've already discussed most of it, I think. Then I'll say the new European Bauhaus is the creative part of the Green Deal, because the climate and our lifestyle should be saved with creative, innovative and artistic ideas, more sustainable and, for example, our living will become more social. Back to you, Renske. How important is it to be flexible as a young artist? Um, well, I must say that for me, uh, because I was always singing um, at the same time while I was performing, um, and um, because I had um, jobs that were maybe more related to history than to art, is that I kind of I didn't I was independent on art financially, which also meant that I couldn't invest that much time in it. But what I see around me is that to really survive financially as an artist, that's quite difficult. Um, um, because I think there's a lot of like funding programs, but I think uh, a lot of people would like to uh, receive more um, more funding for their work, and um, that it also very much depends on um, yeah how much funding is available for the amount of people that are, and whether it's about like small like sometimes there's small bits of funding where a lot of people can. Um, make use of but at the same time it's not enough for all these artists to kind of like make a living out of it or there's only very big pieces of funding which then go to a few maybe more established artists which then makes it more difficult for younger artists to um um yeah to kind of like earn or make a living um based on their art and i think what is also a problem is that um there are many situations what I hear from friends or other artists that um, people are sometimes asked to do something just for exposure and that maybe sometimes it's kind of nice but you know if people this and this is not necessarily um, my case because for me it's mostly been uh, something I do besides studying but for people that really really want to make so much time on their art they should also be paid kind of accordingly for the hours they put in and then it's not like oh but you can maybe play something or paint something for this event and um yeah it's nice so people know your name i think it has to be pretty pretty good exposure for someone to be like okay that is actually 
worth a lot of like free work that's put into it. And but at the same time, what I see happening there is that when artists work with other artists, they really try to make it as fair as possible to really try to like, okay, no, I really want to be able to pay the people I'm working with, even if it's maybe not the biggest amount. Uh, I, like a lot of people also try to kind of then divide the available funding over all the people they're working with. But of course, I'm not the case. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is the case um, in all, uh, like in all situations, because I can also imagine if you're um, maybe working on something big, um and it's really like your like your really your monthly income is based on this then I'm, I'm not quite sure how a lot of professionals do it it's time for the voice of gen z our regular section in which we present voices of youth from all over europe our next destination is lithuania where linas kazulionis a young artist felt fear and anxiety because of the war and painted frescoes dedicated to ukraine Not only am I thinking about it, but others as well. And because of that, it feels really great. There are other artists who paint with the theme of Ukraine. I have seen other countries full of such paintings. And when you constantly see someone else implementing a piece of art that supports Ukraine, then somehow it gets even better. So, if you are fond of culture, this is how the EU might help you. Visit culture.ec.europa.eu. This is where you can find the Culture EU Funding Guide, which enables you to look for funding opportunities for the cultural and creative sectors. With this interactive guide, the European Commission wants to ease access to the funding opportunities available for the cultural and creative sectors across all the funding sources of the European Union. So you should answer a series of questions based on the sector you are working in, the type of organization and the support you are looking for, and the results will enable you to narrow down the relevant funding sources and calls available that suit you best. Renske, did you ever work on a project funded by the EU? Um, not that much. No, actually, I don't think so. No, I don't think I ever... I think the projects that I did were mostly... Um, I just organized them myself or with people I worked with. Um, but no, not so much. And I also didn't hear much about European uh, funding programs for young artists or performers or musicians. I know there's the, um, the exchanges you can do. Um, and I assume that also works for like art schools, but for the rest, um, I haven't heard much about European programs. So there is a lot definitely left to be done. This is a sign. Thanks, Renske. Thanks everyone for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to what we have to say because Europe is us. Lisboa, Brussels, Varsava, Ljubljana.